Hello, 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 hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode six of The Raspy Messenger. And if this is your first time tuning in with me, then thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all for letting me share with you, laugh with you, maybe even get mad with you, but it's all family. And I'm just grateful that you think that I'm family. So let's get into it. Drivers. There's a difference between a good driver and a bad one. But I can venture to say it depends on who you ask. The person who says we arrived in one piece, but swerved, cut people off, stuck their head out the window to yell at somebody while eating their banana, would say, I'm a great driver. While the passenger may have wished they had a pedal and a steering wheel or an escape route. And then there are other drivers who drive the speed limit. They adhere to all the traffic signs and like to have no music so that they're not distracted. A passenger may say that they're not considered a great driver and they're definitely not getting an award for the best driver. Everybody's got their version of a good driver. And for people who travel a lot or that travel long distances, usually you tend to have more than one driver. You switch drivers um, depending on whether that person likes to drive at night, if that person likes to drive in the day. Most drivers drive um, with their strength, whatever whatever their strength may be. And as we examine um, who's driving our life when we're talking about belief and faith, I, I definitely think that it applies. Some of us are passengers to belief and and it's just fine. While there are others of us who are passengers of belief, but we're wanting something more. And then you have people that already have faith as their driver in their life, but they're kind of unsure of their destination or, or what that means. And then there's some people who haven't even gotten the car. They haven't decided just yet what it is that they believe. And so the question becomes, who's driving? and why, who's driving our lives and and why, and what does that mean for our lives? So Proverbs 14, 15 says, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. So um, Proverbs for just a little small um, tutorial was written by Solomon, a king who who asked the Lord for wisdom. He wanted to be um, one of the most wise people Um, in the world and and the Lord granted him just that um, wisdom and so he's saying that you know the simple they they believe anything and the prudent which are people who are who show care the word prudent means showing care or thought or thought for the future they give thought to their steps and and so when we think about that um, I think that makes perfect sense there are people who just believe and they they go with it and then there are people who believe but they've given thought to to why they believe and they think about what their belief means for the future but when we're just talking about belief belief is simple um, you know proverbs even says it, it it's simple it, it's an act of just choosing based off of our understanding or our thought process or, or even our future um belief is very simple um, the Bible even endorses belief. It, it's the first step in in the journey towards salvation. You know, salvation being um, saved when Jesus returns to judge the world. Acts sixteen thirty one says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved." John twenty twenty nine says, "Blessed are those that believe that have not seen me." Belief is simple. Um, it's making the choice to accept something, um, to accept God's word um, that 
you need a savior because you're not just naturally a good person and your life isn't a scientific anomaly but a strategic plan by a divine being that that you need for guidance believe that the act is simple belief is it's sincere too it's it's not just um brainless thinking um the look on a child's face when a person reveals that they were tricking them let's say that they told them something and, and the child believed and when they revealed to them that they were just joking you can see the heartbreak on a child's face um, because they valued what was said to the point that they accepted it and so we know that that belief is definitely genuine and even if the child may have had questions or even reservations about it it, it didn't mean that their belief was irrelevant questions and and reservation are are, are human and, and I don't think Christians talk about that enough. Um, I don't know, isn't said enough. Instead of the cliche explanation of something, I don't think um, people in faith and Christians talk about the fact that they do have questions about the Bible. They do have reservations about certain things that are said. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just easier to kind of bit off well you know the Lord said it and I just believe it which is true but but it's more to that um, questions and reservations are not irrelevant to belief uh, when Jesus asked the fishermen to to follow him the disciples they did go they, their, that was their choice to believe that they should go where he said but um, we, we witnessed throughout the Bible how many times they are confused about things that God says or they say something that what we would call dim-witted and, or they're cautious uh, about Jesus and it's right in his presence. Uh, they would definitely be considered the squad of, you know, hashtag um or hashtag what does that mean? They definitely had belief. But there were times where we see in the Bible their questions or their reservations. And I think that it is, it's important that we talk about that. Um, Peter, uh, one of my, another one of my favorite people in Matthew 26, 50, uh, Peter draws a sword and he is ready to get busy with those who are trying to take Jesus away. And the thing is, is that Jesus had already told the disciples that he had to be given over to the Romans so that th that his word and the, the word of the Lord and the kingdom would be fulfilled. And, and Peter, he did believe what the Lord was saying, but in that moment, he did not have the faith that it took. So 2650 says, then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? And so faith, when we're talking about what faith is, faith is the assurance or the confidence of or the confidence on something or someone. Or as the Bible said it, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Had Peter allowed his faith 
to drive his life in that moment, he would have allowed the actions of the high priest um, servant to, to grab Jesus. Though he didn't believe, which is that acceptance, that Christ's death was what was needed to, to further the kingdom. He did learn much later that how necessary it was for the Lord to be taken. And later in, in Acts, he, he preaches a, a beautiful sermon concerning um, Christ's death. But in that moment, Peter did not have his faith ready to drive, to ready to take over that part of his journey with Jesus. He had belief. He believed what the Lord said, but he did not have the the faith, the assurance and the confidence that this is what needs to happen. They need to take Jesus so that 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 everything Jesus said is is true. But in comparison to to Peter are these these two women that allow faith to drive their their life when belief wasn't enough belief is what started them on their way but it was faith that that carried them through um one of the people or one of the women that most people know about is the woman with the issue of blood um and so when we read uh mark 5 25 which there are lots of versions of this story um, in the Bible, but I like Mark's version because it's a little bit longer and I think it's a lot more intimate so that we kind of really see the belief and the faith transfer um, in her life. So it says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in a crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And so I think there is that transfer of faith and belief she believed it says she heard so she accepted that this guy jesus is walking around healing people she accepted that he had that type of power she heard it that's what the word says she heard but then it also says and she thought that if she could just touch his cloak the the thinking process that assurance that hope that if i could just touch him then I'm going to be healed. Her faith took over. Her belief got her started because she's like, that guy can do something and I can accept that he that he healed. But her thought process when she actually reached out, that was the transfer of the belief, which is that acceptance. And then her, her faith, which was the assurance of what she couldn't see. She didn't really know that if she touched him, that she could be healed. She just believed. She was she was a Jew. It, it's not as if she was someone who Jesus would have rejected, which is what we're actually going to go to next uh, when we talk about the Canaanite woman. But she was a Jew. She was one of the chosen um, people that God was there to save. But but that part didn't matter as much as the fact that she believed and then she needed her faith to take over, to actually get her active in believing that this could happen. And, and it did happen for her. And so then we move on to the Canaanite woman. 
um, which is a lot different from the woman with the issue of blood. A Canaanite woman is not, she would be considered a Gentile, not a Jew, not someone that the Lord was necessarily um, looking to save. We, we know that Peter, that God's overall plan was to save all people, but at the time she was not one of the chosen people. So when we look at Matthew 15:21, we get a chance to um, talk about the, the Canaanite woman. And it says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs? Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at the moment. So when we were talking about, again, the shift from belief to faith, she she came to him. So first of all, knowing that she was not a chosen person, which is that whole dialogue that, that Jesus has with her, that that he came for the children of Israel. He came for the Jews and that would it be right for him to to heal her child whom he wasn't there for and, and to not do for the Jews instead. And then that's when he calls her a, a, a dog. He likens her to a dog. So if anybody can hurt your feelings, Jesus does it best. It was a truth, but again, Jesus hurts your feelings better than anyone else. But her belief starting off, she came to him knowing um, the history. And, and so that starts her belief. But then her faith, it kicks in when he doesn't answer her at all. So again, if faith is the assurance and the confidence of something that you can't see, that you can't touch, in the moment that he ignored her, uh, most people would have just gone, I'm done, I'm over it. But her faith uh, pushed her forward to say, but Lord, help me. And even after he likens her to a dog, she, she, she's unmoved. She, she, she not only believes, but she has transferred this belief into an assurance that if I can just get him to do it, then I, my daughter is going to be healed. And, and he does indeed heal the daughter. And he tells her it's her faith. And so belief, it starts the car. Um, in our journey towards our relationship with with the Lord and understanding who he is and, and that he is a savior. But at some point we have to switch drivers to, to grow up in that relationship. Hebrew eleven six says, without faith, we can't please God. Um, he will, he'll ask of us to do things and to trust him in ways where we, we can't see or that we can't even fathom it in, in our own human brain. We like to think we're super smart and we know so much, but there are so many parts of our lives and even science and the environment that we still can't explain, even with all our brainiacness. Uh, you see, love my word, brainiacness. But anyway, um, that we that we will never be able to tangibly touch and, and or understand. And that's when our faith, that assurance, that confidence in Jesus not in ourselves or in what we can't see, but in him, that this divine creature, if he said it, that's what it is. 
and that in time, as I continue to push towards him with my faith, if I can just believe it first, that, you know what, I accept that that's true. And your faith is going to propel you into him answering your questions or pushing you towards a resolve about things. And when the Bible speaks of moving the mountain because we have that faith the size of a mustard seed, that seems hard to even imagine. Like, Lord, I don't want that much faith not to be able to move a mountain. But at the same time, um, that mustard seed faith is just as important when we're talking about trusting the fact that the Lord says that he will produce daily bread, which is the things that we actually need each day. A lot of us become very stressed out about our daily living like am I going to have enough when our paychecks don't look um, the way that we think they should and we begin to freak out we believe in God that's not the question but then we begin to question whether you know whether we're going to be okay it's that transfer of belief to faith we have to be able to move um move those drivers uh if you know that you most definitely can't drive at night then you're going to switch over to the driver that can and and so with belief and and faith we start at belief and anyone who's trying to find god or you know not really sure about some things that are said in the bible or not even sure that they you know could do some of the things that god is asking of you just start with the, the belief just accept it um, and that takes nothing but your brain and your own willpower. Accept that part. And and faith is going to propel you um, towards the confidence that even when you can't prove it and you can't see it, that it's it's real because of who, who Christ is. And so I urge everyone to consider who's driving in your life and why. Why are you letting, why are you allowing them to drive?